On the previous episode, we had Jacob Gibbons on the show. Jacob is a professional photographer and filmmaker specialising in mountain biking. In that career showcase, Jacob talks about how he turned his passion into a career from a young age. If you want to hear what it takes to be a successful creative entrepreneur, you should go check it out. Are you feeling stuck in your career and life? I'm Chris, and in 2018, I was sick of my job, I quit, and I decided to go travelling around Asia. I wanted to do my own thing. After trying lots of different business ideas and making a lot of mistakes along the way, I finally found a new path and qualified as a coach. This podcast is me documenting my journey as a coach on a mission to help you find a career that matters to you. And going beyond your career, you get all the tools you need to smash your personal projects too. Are you ready to close the gap on where you want to be? Let's go! Hi guys, welcome to the You in 5 Years podcast with your host, Chris Holmes. On today's podcast, we have Andrea Gamson on the show. Andrea is the co-founder and CEO of Social Starters. Social Starters connects professionals looking to make an impact with social enterprise projects and businesses. Since launching Social Starters with just £50 in Kenya in 2014, she has supported over 400 professionals in the purpose-driven space. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the podcast today. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, thanks. And it's good that we're finally able to have the Zoom call. We've been trying to catch up for a while, so it's nice to be able to connect. I know. This has been several months in in the making, hasn't it? So yeah, really mm. glad that we've been able to finally get together. Yeah, definitely. And I'm excited to learn more about your business. And could you please tell our listeners a bit about your backstory and how you got to the position where you're running Social Starters? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. I think a common story, particularly with people you've interviewed, fell into a career, a corporate career. It was in sales and, and advertising, working in in varying different media, newspapers, magazines, online, back in the early 2000s. And, you know, followed a certain career path because that's what I'd been told I had to do, I suppose. It's what's ingrained in us, isn't it? And you work towards all of these, these milestones that you want to tick off, you know, getting promotions, pay increases, you know, moving to bigger bigger brands and yeah just being successful and then being able to buy more stuff (laughs) and uh, you know with more money comes more stuff and something just wasn't sitting right with me for a really long time but I couldn't articulate what it was it took me on a journey sorry this need to try and understand what this this pain point was really fundamentally that was growing inside of me and that journey involved lots of adventures that that took me to far-flung places around the world, quitting some jobs in quite dramatic ways in some cases, orchestrating career breaks and going and volunteering and doing some quite out-the-box, out-my-comfort-zone things along the way. Um, And it took around 12 years, actually, to to finally orchestrate my career change, which was a, a bumpy road of lots of steps forward and many more steps back in some cases. And that was when I think I reflected and realized, like, does it need to be this difficult? Do we need to feel so trapped and so stuck in what we set out to do in the, in the first instance when we were probably far too young to make decisions about what we want to do with the rest of our lives? And so I thought um, there was really something quite powerful in creating, creating the support organization that didn't currently exist at that time back in 2014 I think this was when um, we founded Social Starters it was about creating those opportunities for other professionals who felt just like us at the time who were you know taking periods out of their life to explore what this 
feeling was inside of them that they wanted to do something greater than what they were doing. And so we started doing volunteer programs in developing countries based around this idea that actually there is a form of business, which at the time not really many people knew about, which was social entrepreneurship and social enterprise, which was beginning to start to build momentum. And I've been working in it for around four years at that point. We realized that it was a really great way for maybe rural people or people working to serve the communities at the grassroots in particular countries. And we were in Kenya at the time. So taking Kenya as an example, social entrepreneurship was doing amazing things and growing in a very organic nature down in Western Kenya, where we were based, um, to help local people be able to solve community problems, but through this sustainable way, which was enterprise, so through trading goods and services. And we were so inspired by this that we we realized that there was a two-way learning process that could happen here where these professionals who were on career breaks who wanted to travel and have some sort of life life-affirming adventure, they had these amazing skills to share, whether it was sales or business development or finance. And if we could bring those two groups of people together, we were really interested in the dichotomy between them and the, the knowledge exchange that could happen. Um, and so then Social Starters was born out of a few crazy experiments and some amazing people who took a pun on us and agreed to come to Kenya and join us to to do these volunteer consulting assignments. And here we are seven years later, having supported about 400 professionals to also explore their role as a social starter within this, this bigger space, actually, of, of purpose-driven business now. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, I love that bringing together of people's skills and when people are trying to figure out what to do next is uh, providing them with an opportunity to do so. And you mentioned Kenya and where else are your projects based at the moment? So at the moment, we've evolved quite a bit since then. So the journey went from Kenya, then to India, then to Sri Lanka and Brazil. And at one point we were running programs consecutively across Brazil, Sri Lanka and India. And then in 2017, we started experimenting with a new format here in the UK. And it was a bit of a happy accident, actually, where a lot of people who were already in the UK, multinational, global people from all around the world who found themselves working in the corporate world, um, but they were really interested in giving back, learning about social enterprise or about themselves, um, but not necessarily having to go on a crazy, you know, whirlwind, global, trotting yeah. <laughs> adventure to do it. And through, through a variety of different causes and effects, we found ourselves really focusing here on delivering these programmes in the UK. So you kind of built up the experience in the social enterprise space and you could see the benefits of it. And then how did you go about taking the first steps into building your business? Very good question. You're building, building a business is really hard and it's very easy for a lot of people to get stuck in the idea and the planning and coming up with an amazing business plan that's, you know, 100 pages long and it's full of all the, you know, the right customer data that you spent hours, you know, collating. And that's a fun part of the process, but we decided to scrap that because it's time consuming. And we took a real lean approach. So we were advocates of the lean startup. You know, Eric Ries, we'd read his book at the time, 2014. It was the methodology that everybody was raving about coming out of Silicon Valley. It was what all the big tech startups at the time were using to, to launch and test and iterate their usually tech startup ideas, right? And we weren't building a tech startup, but we thought, why don't we just take that methodology and apply it to the social impact creation? So we started with um, essentially about 50 quid. <laughs> um, we're already in Kenya anyway, so we spent the 50 quid placing an advert on a, you know, on a volunteer portal or something like that. 
and then sat back and waited. We were like, ah, is anyone going to want to come and do this? And they did. And that was incredible. And um, we only ever spent money when we'd already acquired it. Does that make sense? So if people paid to come and do the program, we saw that as validation. Um, I'll give you an example here. When we were testing India as a market, neither of us had even been to India before, which was quite risky. And we didn't know where in India we were going to go. And obviously, it's a really big place. We sold in four places on our India program before we even knew where we were going to go or if we were even going to run it. (laughs) It's really intense. So then all of a sudden, we had four people emailing us saying, "Um, you know, it starts in about six weeks. We need to know where we're going so we can book flights. They're like, does anyone want to partner with us? (laughs) Because we're going to need to find some social enterprises in India. And so, yeah, it was a combination of, you know, really thrilling and terrifying at the same time. But, it, you know, I think I'm a firm believer that on the one hand, when something's meant to be, it will happen and and it will come together and partners will appear. And in our case, they really did. And we found an incredible partner who took us to Hyderabad in India. And then we ended up with, you know, eight or 10 people on the program. And, you know, it was it was an incredible adventure. Many of those people that came on that program have now launched their own social enterprises or they're running tech startups. Oh, amazing. Yes. And we still operate in this lean way today. So it's a process of testing, iterating, learning from customers, getting that feedback and building products that people want. We can all sit here and design something and say, oh, I think the world's going to really want this, right? And then you push it out and you keep flogging it and flogging it. If you don't bring your prospective customers, users, target audience, beneficiaries into that design process, Um, then how can you know you're really building something that they want? And you'll spend probably a lot of money doing all of that. And then it comes with high risk. Yeah, some some very valuable lessons to save yourself a lot of time and hassle and reduce the risk Yeah, by just doing exactly what you say, testing it out and iterating as you go along. So what have been like the main challenges that you faced in setting up the business and getting it to the point where it is now? Yeah. Lots of challenges. Anybody who's listening, who's attempted to run their own business, start their own business or runs one now will know that challenges become part of the course and you become a, I don't know if expert's the right word, but yeah, probably an expert in problem solving. And you become more accustomed to that feeling when challenges arise, it becomes more normalized. So I think the first few years, we were probably in a constant state of adrenaline and panic maybe. And that's probably fair because we were working in challenging international development environments, bringing out volunteers as you have culture shock to deal with and, you know, very complex shifting sands environments that sometimes even had, you know, disaster management and crisis management scenarios that we needed to deal with. So that was lots of fun. Yeah, tsunami warnings. You know, that's just exactly what you want, isn't it? <laughs> when you're a like Part of the job. <laughs> Having experienced the tsunami the first time around in 2004 when I was in Thailand. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that was a weird one. You talked about how, yeah, there was the, the challenges in the early stages, you know, like culture shock. And then as it's gone on, you've had the, the operational side to think about as well. But scaling a business is, is a different beast to starting one we were really ambitious and we worked really fast and we scaled really rapidly so we we were billing good numbers in the first few years you know in the hundreds of thousands of pounds in terms of turnover and then all of a sudden that number just started nosediving and I think that was reflective of what's probably or I've been told anyway is quite common where you can go really hard really fast to begin with and then as as 
the founders move away from, say, being at the front and selling products and being the faces, and they're trying to hand things over. And this is what we were doing because this is what we were told we were meant to do, hand things over to other people so that we could step away and, and be more strategic and visionary and all of those things. Salespeople necessarily aren't able to sell your business in the same way you are. And so that has an impact on sales. They might not have the same kind of passion and vision or... Yeah, or a different skill set, maybe. There was an element of implosion at one point where we had to take stock and reflect and review everything and then just ask some really difficult questions around, does this actually work? Does this, you know, does this do what we want it to do? Because yes, it's making a lot of impact, but we're not making any money. And as, as founders at that time, we still weren't really paying ourselves properly so two, two years into the business. And there comes a point where if you can't pay yourself properly, then have you really got a business? It's not sustainable, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we were really determined to build something that was sustainable, that could build like a livelihood for us, ourselves as well. And we've been very proud about the fact that you have to pay yourself properly, you know, for your own mental health purposes, if nothing else, right? Because you need to feel valued and appreciated and you need to be able to live your life outside of the business. That's really important. That's why we redesigned things in 2017, 18. And um, it's been a lot better since then. Um, but now we're in a different scaling place. We're seven years in. We're looking to um, triple our revenue. And now as the, the sole founder now, because my um, former business partner moved on, my role is to build another leadership team and bring other people in to take the business forward who are you know, really passionate about doing that, who can, you know, who buy into the vision and have the skill set to take that further than I believe I can. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's an exciting time where you're about to build that team and take it to the next level. What's been the, the best part about going on your journey? Hands down, it's that human experience when I've been in the field. And I, when I say in the field, I mean, usually when I'm volunteering my time, meeting real people at the grassroots who are doing amazing things. That's the beating heart of the whole experience. Um, whether that's been when I was writing to prisoners in Brixton Prison in South London back in 2008 to 2010 as part of a befriending scheme that I took part in for charity called the Newbridge Foundation. Um, that was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. Um, or sitting in a, you know, a, a tent in Kenya with some women from a women's group and they're all whooping and cheering because we've come to, you know, help them develop their impact ideas into something commercially sustainable, you know, or, or working with social entrepreneurs here in, you know, in say East London who've had the struggle and they've recognised that they, that they want to help other people with the same struggle to deal with that in whatever way it is that they, they need the support. But it's those moments of, of sheer there's just something about the the sort of it's intangible it's hard to articulate it's something about that human connection and the human spirit and the inspiration you get from it and and the feeling of such humbleness when you're around people who have found their calling or their true purpose or they've been through a tough time and they, they're just even open they open the door or they open their life to you to have a conversation and that is just the most powerful thing yeah, it sounds like making an impact and, and knowing that you're almost like the spark behind it all must be yeah, massively rewarding. Yeah, it's the why, isn't it? It's the why you do it. If anybody's sitting behind their computer thinking, 
oh, I'm so frustrated by the economic impact of COVID-19 or, you know, the, the pressure that's on the NHS or the poverty that lots of families are experiencing at the moment. They can't even afford to buy their kids school lunch. And then they go off and live their day. But then they come back at night and they're still frustrated about it. To those people, I say, go do something. Go do something about it. Go learn. Explore. Find out what's not working. Why does this challenge exist? There are so many solutions out there and places that you can take part and, you know, give back a little and, and be, be a part of the solution. Yeah, I really like that. That leads nicely on to what advice would you like to share with others that are you know, thinking of maybe changing careers, feeling a bit stuck, and maybe even considering getting into social enterprise. If you're right at the beginning of that journey, and then suddenly you're faced with all these different things you could be doing, it might feel overwhelming. So what I would say to somebody is just just pick one thing right now that you're going to do that's different, that feels outside of your comfort zone. And if it feels outside your comfort zone, use that as the guiding light. You know, it's that idea of walking into the fire, right? If it feels scary, go do it. Whatever feels scary to an individual might look different from one person to the next. Even just turning up to a virtual networking meeting for one person might feel so out of their comfort zone that it'd be very easy, whilst they've signed up to it, very easy just to say, oh no, I'm just going to watch Married at First Sight Australia tonight instead. And then for another person, you know, it might be about joining a course where they're going to, you know, do some things that are a little bit wild and crazy and out there that can involve some extreme productivity. It's going to demand them to maybe get up outside of working hours and sit down and do things and that might feel really out their comfort zone but maybe they're getting closer to be ready for that because the networking event might seem like a doodle and they've done that many times before so just pick one thing and just as an example it could be just saying yes to more things say yes to things that you wouldn't normally say yes to and then follow through on it and just try that for a month and see what happens or actually maybe if you're a real yes person and you're becoming overwhelmed by the amount of people that you're turning up to serve start saying no and try that instead and give yourself more time to sit and be still with yourself because then the answers will come and you'll you'll start to know what you're meant to do so as long as you're just starting yes was the one for me because say somebody recommended like say we were having this chat but we were introduced through friends and it wasn't, <laughs> we weren't recording a podcast and you made me a book recommendation. So you said to me back in 2013, oh, go read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, which is exactly what happened to me at a dinner party. I was in yes mode. So then I bought the book. I read the book. It completely changed my life. And I built a business and a life around this idea of, you know, being free and traveling the world and creating things on my own terms. Same thing with the lean startup book. So just start saying yes and read those read those books, listen to those podcasts, turn up to that event. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. And if there's a reason why it's you're kind of fearful about it, it might be a clue that maybe you need to just try it to start growing or discovering new things that you enjoy or learning new things about yourself. That's exactly it. Yeah, I really like it. So yeah, it's been really good having you on the show, Andrea. And how can our listeners best connect with you? I've got a pretty unashamedly open door policy because I love connecting with people and that's how I stay sane, particularly at the moment, right? When we're so isolated. So people can find me on email. They can find me on Twitter. So social media, if you go to our website, socialstarters.org and have a route around, it's easy to find out how to connect with me. So we have a course coming up actually that might be of interest to anyone listening because it's super flexible. It's around four hours a week of time. And you do it all virtually and remote and you'd support a social enterprise or a small business 
over a period of time that works for you, minimum of five days. And it's coming up and it starts in February, February the 22nd, it kicks off. So there's um, a deadline to apply and scholarships available. So I'd encourage anybody to to check that out and um, get in touch if they're keen to find out more. Yeah, sounds good. I'll uh, add it into the show notes so our listeners can find you. So yeah, thanks again for sharing your story and your insights. And yeah, I really like the the lean startup and how you're able to test things and improve things and then get it to the point where you've got this uh, amazing business that's making an impact. So it's been brilliant having you on the show, Andrea. And thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks. Short and sweet. In the next episode, I'll bring on another special guest to help you on your career change journey. Thanks for listening to the You in 5 Years podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, hit subscribe. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a five-star review. I read all the reviews and it will massively help to grow the podcast. Keep moving forward, guys. Until next time.